Morning, everyone. It's great to see you all, as always. So, amazing God, amazing songs. Praise the Lord for this morning. Uh, it's really good to be together. And um, I was just reflecting how wonderful the Word of God is for us. Because looking at Jesus, what he told us, like people on earth more than 2,000 years ago, it's so relevant for us today after, you know, more than 2,000 years, which is really amazing. So let us pray, start with a prayer before we go into the message today. So dear Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, please meet us in this space, whatever space we may find us in. Please speak to us today, Lord, through your word. Help us to understand you more. Help us to learn from you and take your, your teaching uh, for our lives and teach us how to live our lives closer to you, to uh, let you fill our hearts more and more every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have a unique Bible. We have a unique Savior with unique teachings for our souls. So today I was thinking to reflect on the story of the sick woman who came to Jesus after 12 years of suffering. And I have a volunteer this morning. So, Oli, please, if you want to come and help me read the text from Luke chapter 8, verses 40 and 48 to 48. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jarius, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding you and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone from me. Then a woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Thank you very much. Amazing. An amazing story here when Jesus met this woman and completely changed her life. So this story shows us Jesus in action again. If we read earlier in the chapter, it says in verse 1, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. Jesus seems to be in an urgent mission, doesn't he? Knowing he has a short time left on this earth. He was traveling from place to place, proclaiming the gospel. He was in a mission. And uh, just makes you think, really, you know, what, what is our mission today? Our personal mission uh, that God is calling us to, to do. And is that a priority for us still? A mission for ourselves as individuals and a mission for our church. The mission for our church, of course, is what Jesus did, to proclaim the gospel, to tell the world what Jesus has done for us. And then people understanding Jesus' character will come to worship him, will come to know him. 
earlier in the chapter, we see that Jesus left the Gentile region around the Sea of Galilee. There, he met a man possessed by many demons, and he restored the man. But people there could not stand Jesus. They asked him to leave. In verse 37, it says, Then all the people of the region of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. And then Jesus returned on the Jewish uh, town on the other side. So I wonder if Jesus would come today in our region, in our area, how people will welcome him, how people will receive him, with fear, with shame, or with joy, with praises. Because in verse 40, going back to our story, it says, Now when Jesus returned, a a crowd welcomed him. For they were all expecting him. So let's pray for this to be, you know, our church. How, how would it be to read there, you know, Adderstone Baptist Church. When Jesus returned, a crowd from Adderstone Baptist Church welcomed him for they were all expecting him. Amen. It's so wonderful to live with that expectation that one day we will see him, that one day we will welcome him. We will see him as he is. Going into the story, really, we see here in verse 41, 42, a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. We see in that crowd at least two people in great suffering. One of them was Jairus, a leader of the synagogue, an important figure, Everyone in the area knew Jairus, but I don't think anyone knew that he believed in Jesus until his daughter was about to die. So you see, let's learn from here, we don't have to wait until struggles are hitting us to show and to tell other people we believe in Lord Jesus. We don't need to wait for hard times to hit us to come and ask Jesus to help us. That's what Jairus did. He sh- then everyone knew that he believed in Jesus. So in the same crowd, we discover a shy woman also suffering for 12 years. Jairus' daughter was of 12 years old, probably an indication about the 12 tribes here, showing that the salvation is for each tribe of Israel. But also we see that this woman was suffering ongoing for 12 years, so much pain for 12 years. Jairus, on the other side, he just started his journey of suffering. His daughter became sick and was dying. So Jairus was, the, was at the beginning of his suffering, while the woman, I think, was towards the end of her suffering. But from the story, we learn that Jesus can meet us wherever we are in our journeys. So we need to trust him. Whatever we are, he is there to, to help us. And from the story, we look at, at this and say, maybe us as humans sometimes, you, you, know, you give priority to more important people in our lives. You know, thinking of Jesus here, he could say, well, Jairus is a very important person. I should prioritize, you know, uh, going straight away to his house. Maybe he will help me put a good word for me with my friends, Pharisees and Sadducees. Maybe even avoid me going to 
you know, to death on the cross because I could make some friends in these religious leaders. Maybe he will donate some money to church. You know, he's really an important figure. But actually, Jesus, for Jesus, every person is important. Looking at this poor woman, he puts the same, on the same page the woman and Jairus. For Jesus, it doesn't matter our background, our social status, our diplomas and our bank accounts. In John 6, verse 37, Jesus said, Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So let's have faith. Looking at this story, for Jesus, anyone is important. On the same page, everyone. And also, again, we are reminded from this story that in suffering, in pain, in sickness, people are on the same page. The rich, the poor, you know, the prime minister and the civil servant, whatever we are, in pain, in suffering, we are on the same page. And then let's look at this woman in verse 43. It says, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, and no one could heal her. So this woman was in a desperate condition. Can we imagine how life must have been for her? About this woman, we learn from the parallel text in Matthew chapter 5, verse 26. And it's so wonderful how this story is told in Matthew, Luke, and Mark with some different um, details. And it's amazing how the scripture interprets itself. In Matthew 5, 26, we learn that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. So she went to the doctors uh, of her time and spent all her savings, everything she had. But actually, she got worse. So she was, in other words, sick and broke and came to Jesus empty-handed. Came to Jesus with empty hands, nothing else to give him. And you see, this is the way a person should come to Jesus, with an open heart, with empty hands. And then she left full of peace, full of forgiveness, changing her life. She came to Jesus empty-handed and left full of Jesus in her heart and healed and, you know, many of us and people around the world to try to find a cure for this emptiness in our lives. So, you know, you go and look for success to fill our lives. Some people are going to, you know, career and money and pleasure and being high all the time. We hear in the, in the younger generation. And still, our hearts are empty. Until we find Jesus, we can go Anywhere in this world, like the woman went to the doctors and she went, you know, she became broke and even emptier. It's the same with our souls today. We can find fulfillment in any areas of this world, but we end up with the time consumed, with money lost, and with an emptier heart. So Jesus is the one who can fill our lives, give us purpose, give us hope. Then if we go deeper to understand this woman's situation, we'll see that the society at that time, the religious rules were that she was considered unclean. 
If we look at Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25, we learn there that when a woman has a discharge of blood for many, for many days at a time, she will be unclean as long as she has the discharge. So she was ceremonially unclean. She was not allowed to be in a crowd. She was not allowed to have visitors in her house. For 12 years, we don't know if she was married or not, for 12 years, she was kind of self-isolating. And we all know how, how bad it is to self-isolate. We, we learned from, on that during COVID. But we only self-isolated for a few months. But imagine for 12 years how this woman must have felt. And maybe some people here today, you know, maybe you feel you're judged by others wrongfully. Maybe you feel that people are saying wrong things about you, untrue things about you. And it happens, doesn't it? Especially maybe when the loved ones uh, don't understand you and they say things untrue about you. Well, from this woman we learn that whatever we're going through, there is peace in Jesus. Amen? Wherever we go through in our lives, there is peace and hope in Jesus. Going forward in verse 44... We learn that she came up behind Jesus and touched the edge, the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Again, looking at the parallel text in Matthew, we learn something really interesting about this woman. She, she didn't just turn up. She had faith. Let's see Matthew chapter 9, verse 21. She said to herself, just if I could touch Jesus' cloth, I will be healed. So Matthew here reveals something extraordinary, what, what was inside of this woman's heart. She had faith. She believed that if she touched Jesus' clothes, she would be healed. And she acted on her faith. And this is one of the most important lessons today. She didn't just believe, she acted based on her faith. She believed that in Jesus there is more hell than in all the hospitals of the world and the doctors at that time. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see that even in the Christians today, many, many times you find that uncertainty about who Jesus is, about his love, about his forgiveness. Well, is this woman was certain, she believed. You know, if we ask around, are you sure you will be saved? Well, I don't know. I'll see when I get there. Are you sure about Jesus' love? Are you sure about Jesus' forgiveness? Well, maybe, but I did some you know, wrong stuff. I'm not sure. Let's learn from this woman to have faith in Lord Jesus, that he is who he says he is, to believe that he has the power to forgive us as well. In him, it is power. We can also see from this woman that she, she was shy in a way. She didn't want to attract attention to herself. You know, preparing this message, I was thinking, why did she want to stay hidden, sneaking somewhere in the crowd from behind? And I don't think she was trying to steal anything. Rather, I think she didn't want to get Jesus into trouble because she knew she was unclean. Yet another reason for the Pharisees and Sadducees to judge Jesus, right? To catch him, that, she, you know, that, that she, he was in touch with someone considered unclean. So I think... Also, seeing Jairus 
running at Jesus' feet and hearing his story, he thought, well, actually, he is in a worse situation than me. If I could just touch him, I don't even want to bother him. You see, this woman character is amazing. I don't want to stop him from this, you know, emergency. Jairus' daughter is dying. If I could just touch him, do you see her faith? If I could just go closer to him, that's enough for me. I don't want to bother him. And you see, from this story, we learn that sometimes we make such a big deal of our small problems sometimes, isn't it? Our problems, sometimes we magnify them in our heads, in our minds. But actually, if we look around us, the world is suffering. So let's put the priorities right. And let's pray for others, as well as for us, of course. But let's learn from this woman. Let's try and, you know, bring other peoples to Jesus as well. People that are suffering, maybe more than us. Carrying on with the story, verse 45, Jesus asked, Who touched me? When they all denied Peter, as always, Peter, the clever one, as we remember in another message. He says, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. So what a silly question. Who touched me, in other words? But you see, from here, we learn another lesson from Jesus. Because we look at people in the crowd, like Peter. Well, you know, everybody's the same. Or we look at people and we judge them. You know, they are tall. They are from, you know, they are foreigners or they are from different country. We, we label it people according to our understanding about life. But Jesus, when he looks at someone, he knows that person from within. Jesus knew that someone touched him. Jesus knew the faith in that woman's heart. So let's trust and, and think that Jesus knows you, where, wherever you are in your journey. Jesus knows your heart this morning. And yet he loves us. And yet, despite you know, our failures, he knows us and he loves us. And he wants to restore us every day. But Jesus, in verse 46, insisted and said, Someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. And this is another key lesson from today's message. You see, I think Jesus wanted to show this woman to teach her a, a very important lesson that Unfortunately, so many other people get it wrong today. Jesus wants to tell the woman, look, I am not a wishing machine, right? I am not a wishing machine. I don't want you to leave this place and think, because you touched my cloth, you got healed. I want you to leave this place to understand the power is not in, a, in an object. The power is in me, Jesus. And I want you to understand, I want you, I want you to see that I want to be your personal Savior, your personal Lord, not just like an item there you go and pray. You know, and I, I hear this quite a lot of people saying, well, I go to church, I read my Bible, I do my prayers, I'm giving. Why is not God helping me? You know, and that's the wrong reason to follow Jesus, for the blessings. We miss the whole point. We follow Jesus for who he is. We follow Jesus for what he has already done for us. Because the scripture says, since we were Sinners, he loved us. He died for us when we were sinners. So we follow Jesus not for what he has to give us in exchange, but for who he is. So let's learn this lesson. And Jesus wanted to tell the lady, you can't just, you know, get what you want and sneak away, run away. 
I want you to recognize what I've done for you. I want you to be a testimony for me. And God, God wants us as well to be a testimony for him, for what he has done for us, to tell the world that he is the source of our salvation. Not a book, not a, an object. It's Jesus himself who provides forgiveness and eternal life. Verse 47, the story carries on. And the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and now and how she had been instantly healed. That's why we know this story, that she was sick for 12 years, because she stopped then and he, she told Jesus and everyone else her story. And this story is told in um, other two Gospels, as we've seen. And you see, from here, we understand that we as Christians, we are to tell others about our story with Jesus. We are to tell others about our faith. We are to share the joy that we have in Jesus. Because sometimes you hear people say, I'm okay with my faith in my flat. You know, it's me, God. No, God wants us to come together like this woman in front of all those people, the crowd, to testify about him, to worship him, fell at his feet. That's what God wants us to come together as a community, as a family, and worship him and thank him and sharing from our lives. In Luke chapter 9, verse 26 says very clearly, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, Jesus said, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. He wanted to confront this woman to say, no, 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 you can't just run away. You have to testify what I have done for you. And that's why we are so excited about when baptism is happening in our church, and there will be a baptism in our church, because that's exactly what happens at baptism. People testifying with no shame in front of the crowd what Jesus has done for them in their lives. Amen. That's amazing. And I did the same 23 years ago when I came in the front in a church. And then short, shortly after, I got baptized. And it's that joy of testifying in front of the world. No shame. No more guilt. This woman came dirty, sick, with shame, with guilt perhaps, broken. But there was no more of that. When she met Jesus, her life was completely transformed. And Jesus can do the same for us today. In verse 48, the last verse from the passage, it says in here, Daughter, Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. In Mark, the parallel text, verse 34, 534, it says, he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Be freed from your suffering. That's exactly what Jesus is the best at. To free us from our sufferings. To free us from our addictions. To free us from our pain, from our guilt, from our self-condemnation. And to free us and be the person who God intended us to be. And he calls her daughter. Do you know, I think it's the first time in the scripture when Jesus calls someone daughter. This is a homework for you to go and check if there is any other 
um, story where Jesus calls someone daughter, and I don't think there is. And perhaps that's the reason we don't even have the name of this woman, you know? Because when God calls you son or daughter, your name is not important anymore. You made it. Amen? You made it. If you, if you are called son and daughter of God, of Jesus, then we have everything we wanted on this life. We have peace. We have forgiveness. He says to her, go in peace. Go not as you, as you came. Go not carrying on the way you felt fell before. Go and not carry on with your lifestyle. Go in peace. Because when God gives us peace, it gives us peace to the fullness. So, in conclusion, just to recap on some of the amazing lessons we learned from the story. First of all, we can see that the woman never gave up. So whatever we are in our lives, we should never give up. We should never surrender. There is an amazing speech that we remember. It's the same with our faith. We may be up and downs and, you know, life as a Christian is a journey. But the woman, she never gave up. She could have said, that's it, I had enough. So many people are saying today. But no, with Jesus, she was broken. She was with no hope. And she came, she never gave up. She left the shame away. She left, uh, you know, her, her timidity, if you like. And she came and testified what Jesus did for her. Then in Mark 5.33, there is another key verse there. She says, the woman told Jesus the whole truth. So let's learn today. Tell Jesus the whole truth about yourself. No half of the truth. No part of the truth. Tell Jesus the whole truth about yourself. How you're feeling. What you've done. What you're thinking. And Jesus then comes in our hearts like the woman she told him the whole truth, and she was freed. She went in peace. So let's do the same. Tell Jesus the whole truth. Then we learn that the bleeding immediately stops. You know, not just halfway through. And we learn from here, when you come to Jesus, your sins, your life is completely forgiven. Jesus doesn't say, well, yeah, I forgive you like 50% maybe. And come back tomorrow and see what we can do about the other 50%. No, as you go to the bank or, or other business in this world. No. Immediately stop. Jesus, when you come to Jesus, your, for, your sins are completely forgiven. Amen? It's not halfway measure. It's not half of a cup. It's a full, it's a full assurance. When we come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness, he will give us forgiveness. And then we learn the way the woman and Jairus actually came to Jesus. They fell at Jesus' feet. This is the right way to come to Jesus with an open heart, with an open mind. Yes, Lord, maybe I don't understand everything. Maybe I don't get it fully, but I trust you. I come to you um, with, a, with an open heart. And last lesson, probably the most important lesson for us as Christians today is to look at this woman. She trusted, she believed in Jesus, but she didn't stop there. She acted on her faith. So let's learn this morning for us. We know Jesus. We believe in him. Are we acting on our faith? Are we stepping out of our comfort zone 
and just act based on our faith and tell the world who Jesus is for us, what he has done in our lives, and be a testimony for him. And I pray that all of us here today, we have the faith like this woman, that all of us here today will be called son and daughters of God. In Jesus' name, amen.